What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. Man, I got a special guest, man. All the way um, from A-Town, right? Yeah, the ag right yeah. here. Yeah. My boy Joseph, what's up, man? What's going on, man? Chilling, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate, appreciate you for tapping in with us. No, nah, I appreciate you for having me. Yes, sir, for man. Sure, for sure. It's not it's not every day or every um pod that I get somebody that's from Arlington in yeah. the building. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, this home base. Yep. Man, so let's I want to start from the beginning, man. Let's do it. Born and raised in Arlington? Yeah, born and raised in Arlington. Really? For sure. Yep. yep. Hey, okay. What what high school did you go to? I went to Timberview. Timberview, okay. Yeah, so it's Mansfield, it's Mansfield ISD district, but you know the high school's in Arlington, and so I grew up on the south side. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was Arlington back? What was Arlington like back then when you was in high in, school? In my era. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's so funny because my album, my next album, is about this time period. But uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Agtown Fight tapes. No. You've never heard of that? Never. Okay. You laugh. No. I'm Okay. okay, so she knows. <laughs> okay. So that's the era I grew up in, right? So, what, what is that for so, people who don't so know? For people who don't know, Agtown Fights kind of started the, uh, it started what, like, the World Star era of, like, fights being recorded and going, like, viral, right? Mm. So we had uh, what they labeled as, like, some a fight club going on beside, with teenagers, you know, some, like, youthful gang stuff, like, you know, <laughs> high schools fighting, beefing, that type of stuff. But, uh, you know, it was recorded. And you know, I, I'm gonna keep his name out of it just because he's doing great now. But uh, don't tell me. I already, I think I know who you're talking about. You might you might know, but uh, he <laughs> you know what I'm saying. And he he would record them, not setting them up or no goofy stuff like that. But he would record them just as they happened. It was really like a documentary for real. Uh-huh. He just like recording what's going on in the city, and uh, it went so crazy. Is it, is it uh, say cheese? No, 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 no. Oh. But see, Cotton was around then, though. Oh, okay. Right? So Cotton was definitely around then. This is this predates Say Cheese, though. Oh, this okay. This is 05, 06, 07. Okay. Right? And so, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, guys like uh, B-Hemp, um, uh, Digi Norm, uh, a dude by the name of John Jay, all of these artists were on the tape, like, as far as music-wise. Mm. And so that, that gave birth to them making music, like, before the Ricky Bobbies and stuff like that. They were making, like real rap songs like street type of rap like turned up rap like mm. and so that's the era i came up in where it was just it was kind of wild on the south side or just in the in arlington in general you really know what I'm yeah yeah most people don't know well i mean if you're from here you know like the stadium used to be like there's a no fly zone for a while for really? like yeah because that was like you know you congregate there and then people would come because we were the center of the metroplex like we kind of are the central of culture in the DFW. Like yeah. a lot of things started here first. Like whether it's the way we dress or the way like dancing. Like a lot of those that stuff started in Arlington first. Wow. Yeah. I just went to the stadium last night. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that used to be the spot. Super Sundays. If really? You know, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. They they used to. Yeah. Venice Beach. Like people. Like what's Venice Beach? So it was a teen club, right? So before teen clubs got banned, we had three or four of them in Arlington. Arlington. With the stadium, we used to have Super Sundays. If we didn't have school on Monday, we would have a Super Sunday. And all type of art, Soldier Boy, uh, like all the young artists would come there, and that's where they would like, a lot of these records would get broke. Like, really? Pretty Ricky. Like, they were at Venice Beach. Boosie used to come to the teen clubs way back early. Like, all of this stuff. What? Who was it? Who was putting all this together? Do you I know? I can't even tell you who. You don't know? <laughs> no, I can't even tell you who. It was just happening. Really? And so it's you know it was just that was the culture we grew up in. Wow. Yeah. Okay. 
to me, as an outsider, right, I just moved to Arlington maybe six years ago, okay. right? So to me, Arlington seems such like a family place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Where it's so nice. And even um, before I even moved to Arlington, I went to PV, right? Okay. And so my homeboy grew up in Arlington. Uh, he went to Kennedale High School. Okay, but see, that's like that's like West Arlington, so that's like oh, okay. out of the way. Okay, <laughs> okay. Like, they okay. ain't even mixing nothing over there. Like, okay. Yeah. So even when I was coming, like, during little small little breaks in school, yeah. I would come to Arlington with him to just to chill for maybe if it was like a short holiday. Yeah. And he used to tell me, like, Arlington don't have any buses or any um, – no. because the people in Arlington didn't want – like homeless people or anything right. to come around. So I'm just thinking Arlington is a family, yeah. really family-centered place, you know what I mean, besides like Fort Worth or Dallas. Yeah, and essentially it is, right? Mm. So so what makes Arlington so unique is the tourist attractions, especially now with what the entertainment districts become. But even back then it was still that because you still had the Rangers, you know what I'm saying, you still had UTA. Like, so it's a lot of stuff to do here. The malls, like – you know, before there was a bunch of luxury malls everywhere, it was like when the Parks Mall opened, that was like the mall to go to. <laughs> um, and so you have all of that. And like I said, you have GM. So, like, my parents ain't from here. My dad is from L.A. My mom is from Virginia. You know, they met here, mm. you know, and that's how we got here. But all of my homies are like that, too, to where none of their parents are from here. Or maybe not even them, but they grew up here because of they got moved in for a job. Or they left California because of, the you know, the cost of living there versus the cost of living here. Uh, friends from Detroit, Baltimore, all of that. And their parents worked at GM. And, you know, you make more on the East Coast or West Coast versus, like, you know, in the South. And so they take their salary and they bring it down here. They get something crazy on the South side. Right. But the mentality don't change. You know what they say? You take a person out the hood, but you can't take the hood out the person. Yeah. So you bringing all these people into one area, like one city. And so, you know, that's how, yeah, yeah. that's how you get, like, moments, like, pockets like that where it got really wild for a time. And, you know, they, the you know, the laws had to catch up and, like, they had to shift in how they were doing things. So, mm, yeah. Yeah. And you know what's so crazy now is I lived here six years, and every now and then I'd go on my patio and just smoke me a cigar, chill, mm-hmm. and then randomly you would just hear, pop, 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 pop. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? Like, yeah. what the hell is going on over here? Yeah. I thought I was in, like, a little chill suburb, you know what I'm saying, yeah. of Dallas, but it do go down. I just don't. I always just hear it. You know yeah. what I'm saying in the air. And essentially, it is. It's a like. It's a beautiful place. I love. I love my city so much. But you know the natural. Uh, you know, as people get pushed out of, what is Dallas? What is Fort Worth due to gentrification? Like they gotta go somewhere. Yeah. And so this is like a place that a lot of people are coming, and you know that doesn't change just because you change cities. I don't change the person or change who you are. And so. You know, a lot of that stuff comes in, it bleeds into the city, you know, it bleeds into the ag. And so, you know, while it is like phenomenal place, great schools, great, all that, like you still deal with the same stuff you would deal with in a, you know, like in a different, you know, a different city. Yeah. yeah. And I, I heard you mention your pops is, is from L.A. Yeah. Um, do you still got family there? Uh, all my, my whole family is there. Really? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I, I have, literally have no blood relatives in Texas. Really? Yeah, like, all of them on my dad's side, and he's number 13 of 16. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I got a big family on my dad's side, and then my mom, like, she's from a small town in Virginia. Mm, yeah. okay. Because that, that, like, that touches me, because I'm from L.A. Like, okay. born and raised. What part? So, 
I grew up on the east side of LA, okay. okay, on Palmer Lee. Then we moved to Westchester. Then okay. we moved to San Pedro. Okay. So I'm all over in the mix. You know what I'm saying? I went yeah. to Crenshaw High School. Okay. Went to Russell Elementary. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, born so, and raised for real. Yeah. yeah. So my dad went to Manual Arts. Okay. He grew up in like, uh, in the, essentially in the 50s, like the Hoovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he grew up over there. Uh, so, yeah, that's okay. where from. He never got caught up in, like, no gang shit, or was he a part of the Hoovers? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, so my dad is born in 61, right? So, mm-hmm. he graduated high school in 79. So, he kind of predates what is gangbanging now. But my uncle, uh, who was, like, he was the guy, like, that was really in, from the family that was, like, really in it, in it. Mm-hmm. He was a part of the Hoovers before they became Crips. So, he was, like, what they were known as the Hoover Groovers. Mm-hmm. So, he was a part of that. And then that's when, you know, Tookie, Raymond, watched all them, they came, and that's when they linked up, and everybody was turning Crip back then, you know, and so that's when it became the Hoover Gangsta Crips, like. Yeah. yeah. How does how does it feel from you, like, from, I guess you born in Texas, and you go back, and you mm-hmm. see all your cousins? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, because I know when I was coming up, it was, like, second nature for me from a gang, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it was, like. Somebody I grew, I went to elementary with, we hung out every day, you know what I'm saying? Then once you get into, like, that middle school, and then maybe his older brother is from a gang, and so it's like, yeah, that's my boy, mm-hmm. and if he claiming something, shit, I'm, I ain't going to not claim it, yeah. you know, even, though, even if I'm not if from there, not you from know there, what I'm saying? A hundred percent. How does that make you feel, like, you going back and you seeing, like, your family? Because I, I don't know if they, if they are part of it or not, Yeah. but just to see that element of them, how does that make you feel? So... Like, we don't have any, I don't have any, I think it's only like two or three boy cousins. Oh, okay. So it's not many of us, okay. but it's a bunch of girls, right? Mm-hmm. And so none, none of the younger boys got into it, um, and obviously we didn't live there. So when we would go back, like, you just notice little things like we could never play in the front yard. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Eight, nine, ten, you can, we can never play in the front yard. Um, for God knows what, you know, whatever reason, when we kids, we're like, why we got to be back here? We used to being in the front yard, like, here. And uh, it didn't dawn on me until I got older. And then uh, my trip as a teenager, I went out when I was, like, 17. I was playing basketball. And uh, I had a tournament in L.A. And my uncle, the one I was telling you about, he uh, he pulled up, scooped me up, and he, like, taking me, like, through L.A. And he predates so much of the drama that this joker, like, he's from, like, over – but he like living in the jungles now. <laughs> like, oh lord! <laughs> exactly. Like, and that's how he always been. He just move around in different places. This was then, but uh, he just kind of telling me about like what he dealt with in his life, right? And so I know what my dad dealt with coming up, like in the streets. Like he he wasn't necessarily gang banging, mm-hmm. but he was a street dude as far as like during the crack era. You know, everybody out there was like getting crack money. Yeah. And so he was into that, and so he's telling me the other side of how things was going, like from his perspective and being in it in like the whole way, like from the drug dealing to the gangbanging to all of that. And so it really like put something in my mind to be like, and knowing what's going on back home, it's like, yo, you really like would be absolutely nuts for your dad to like move out of that, to come here and not bring, not take you back into that environment, to like jump off the porch and just do some wild, wild stuff. Like, mm. you know, you're gonna do some some dumb stuff. You're, you're yeah. out with your homies, you're fighting, you're doing goofy stuff. <laughs> but as far as like taking penitentiary chances, I was like, nah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cool on that because that would be a slap in the face to them. They already did that. Right. They lived that life. Like, why would I follow suit and do that same thing? That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When did you start hooping? When did, uh, my whole life. Really? Yeah. So that was my dad's thing, right? So he, like, he hooped. Um, but he went, he, he had a full ride to, uh, 
man, what's that university? It's Santa something. Like it's it's north of LA. Santa Clara? It might be it. Some something like Claire, that. Santa Barbara. It's a bunch of Santas. Yeah, I can't I can't <laughs> remember the name, but he had a full ride. But you know, around the time his homie, that's when crack hit eight seventy nine eighty, and they getting money. He like, mm. I'm cool. And he goes back home, and so when he had me, he was like, Yeah, this gonna be this is your thing that you're gonna do. And so he put the ball in my hand early, and so I played all through high school, went to college, like all of that. Where'd you go? To, where'd you go to college? I went to a junior college first called Jacksonville College, and I went uh, and played in Missouri at a school called Evangel University. Okay. Yeah. Can you hoop? Can you can you go? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's like literally that's what I did, you know. That was like all I did before the music. It was, you know, it, it was, was just hooping. straight hooping. Like Really? Did you play with anybody that's like in the league now? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like uh off the top Jordan Clarkson. Oh, okay. Like he was like my homie homie, like roommates at elite camps, all of that stuff. Like Really? Yeah, he was my homie uh back then. He probably I don't know if you remember because that's teen teen, twelve years ago now, yeah. you know. But Jordan Clarkson, um, I got a bunch of homies overseas. Uh I'm sure some other do uh shoot I hooped against Marcus Smart when he was for for the Celtics, like when he was here. Um Julius Randle, like yeah, mm. all the all the dudes from Dallas, like who are, you know, in their twenties, like Mid twenties, like early, you know, thirties. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I used to hoop too. Like that was my that was my thing. Yeah. Like I just knew I was going to the league. Nah, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you. I promise you. I you knew I was going different. to the league, man. I just knew it. Or if not, I was going to be getting paid playing basketball. Nah, that was, absolutely. you know, what I'm saying. Um, who are some of the dudes that I played against? Baron Davis. Ooh, so you came in that era? Yeah. Oh, man, that era of LA basketball. <laughs> yeah. Played against Baron. Um, Tayshawn Prince. Um, did you go uh, against Tyson. that Dominguez team? Yeah, that Dominguez Tyson. team. Yeah. yeah, so we played them in uh, the MLK tournament at UCLA. Um, I think it was my my junior year we played them. Yeah, Dominguez was nasty. Yeah, man, they was nasty. They, didn't, they killed our. They they kicked our ass. Yeah, it was it was supposed to, it was a big game. Crenshaw versus Dominguez. Yeah, they they whooped our ass at the tournament. <laughs> and then, <laughs> they kicked our ass. I forgot they had Tayshawn. And um, do you remember? Dang, what was the dude name? He played basketball and football. He, I know he's older than you, but his name was Jason Thomas. Jason Thomas. It sounds familiar. They had Jason Thomas, and then they had uh, what was the point guard name? Did you have G- Gilbert Arenas? I know he's from the Valley, but did you? So Gilbert, Gilbert is younger than me, right? Okay. So we played him in a playoff game. Um, he killed. He he had forty on us, <laughs> but we beat their team by twenty. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 so yeah. Gilbert, and I think Gilbert was either a sophomore, or junior then. Yeah. That nigga was nice. Yeah, man. L.A. Was, ball back then. That's it when it nice. like really like. It yeah. Took yeah, yeah. He had yeah. 40 on us, but we killed them. Yeah, you know Trevor what I'm Reza, did y'all get some? Or was Trevor. Because Trevor went to what, what? Westchester? Or did he go to Dominguez? No, nah, he didn't go to Dominguez. He, so, he, so I don't think I played against him. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I played against him. We played against um, not Toby Bailey. Damn, what's the other light-skinned dude named? He was he was recently he was a coach at USC and um they got caught for some kind of gambling oh, thing. Yeah. I forget dang, I forget his name. But we played them at uh at they went when uh for Westchester and they played against Westchester when he played at Westchester. Dang, I can't remember his name. He was light skinned nigga with curly top. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I like yes, yes. <laughs> I remember dang I can't remember his name right now. 
But uh, they had a squad too at Westchester. We lost to them my senior year. I cried like a motherfucking yeah. baby, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Man. Dang, I cried like a baby playing against them. That was not, that was my senior year. And the year before, we just won state. Um, we beat um, Lil Gary Payton. Yeah. We played them in um, my junior year in the state, and we beat them to wow. win state. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, man. That's crazy. God dang. That take me back, man. When the last time you hooped? Uh well we actually uh we played in a turn Cosine magazine put on a, a tournament. Um yeah, and we was in that. So that was the last time I was. I just went to uh they had a little open run thing yeah. um Thursday. I just went to Oh you was there? Yeah. Okay, so they had an actual tournament before that. Yeah, and yeah. so we was yeah, the home team was in there. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the last time? Yeah. Or do was, you hoop on a regular? Nah, I ain't got time. I got kids, yeah. and <laughs> wife. Like, I ain't got time. So, my son plays baseball. Okay. So that's where most of the, you know, if we're doing something athletic, it's going to that. Yeah. I would love to hoop more, but, like, you know. Just ain't got the time. Just ain't got the time. Man, I'm telling you, I went Thursday. My knees are still <laughs> swole, man. <laughs> my knees are still swole from, yeah. from hooping, man. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. When you went to, because um, you were in Missouri, right? Yeah. Um, was that like a culture shock moving from there to oh, man. You from Arlington? About, yeah, it was crazy because you go from, well, first going to Jacksonville. So East Texas, like mm-hmm. it's right outside of 20 miles outside of Tyler. Okay. And that's a four, town of 14,000 people. So going from that, which is just two hours away, and it's a whole different world. Mm. It's like trees. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not mm. saying we don't got trees, but it's like trees Nothing. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's different. You know, you're seeing people with like land, land. It's like. You know, horses and cows and stuff like. I mean, what you can see in the metroplex, whether you once you get towards the outskirts, but like when you're a teenager, you ain't leaving your city for real. Like right. not like that. Right. So that was the first culture shock. But then going to Missouri and being like, yo, it's like nothing but white people here. Mm. It's like eighty percent white and then twenty percent whoever else is there. Mm. <laughs> so that was it. Was a huge like, well, like walking into Walmart and everybody like. Looking at like you looking like at that? You. Yeah, because they're like, wow. you know, and then my wife is Puerto Rican, so they really looking at her like, okay, I don't, what are you? Yeah. You don't look, because there's, <laughs> like, it's Mex- Hispanics up there, Mexicans, but it's no, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's no Puerto Ricans. Like, yeah. So they looking at her like, what? Like, <laughs> you look, you know, you look Spanish, but I, I don't know. And so that was the first, like, it was a real culture shock, but, uh. It was good. It made me well-rounded, though. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How did that affect your music? Like, I mean, because you have so many different, like, pockets, you know what I'm saying, yeah. of different of different life. How does that affect your music? Man, uh, you know, I, I feel like all great artists, right, that there's a common theme in their art is, like, they just well-rounded. They've had a bunch of experiences, and they love a bunch of different types of music, right? Mm. And so... Coming, moving there, I probably, I only really listen to, like, hip-hop, R&B, black, black music, essentially, mm. which all music is, you know, black music, right. but, like, what we classify in this modern era as black music, so R&B, soul, uh, uh, hip-hop, neo-soul, all that stuff, but when I moved up there, like, my palate began to change, and so, because my teammates are playing different stuff, mm. like, so I'm starting to, like, really pay attention to, like, pop-punk music, so, like, Blink-182, stuff like that. Mm. Nirvana, for the first time, I'm really tapping in. And, and the way I listen is, I'm going to listen, but I need to go see an interview. I need to go hear you talk. And then, like, hearing Kurt Cobain, like, his interviews for the first time. and Going to study, like, Steven Tyler from Aerosmith, Freddie Mercury from Queen. like So it just opened up my palate. And, like, 
jazz. Like I wasn't into jazz. I liked the way jazz made me feel, but I wasn't into it. Into it. Mm. So up there, it made me start learning about because I started gaining musician friends, and I, I wanted to understand like what they heard when they were playing stuff. And so I'm studying Miles. I'm studying Coltrane. I'm studying uh, Theophilus Monk. If I said his name wrong, give me jazz community. <laughs> I might have messed it up. But like I'm, I'm studying all of them, and so it just like it opened up my palate, even to the world, like to like EDM. I love like UK EDM mm. because they be on there like singing, singing, uh-huh. but the beat is just four on the floor, doom, doom, yeah. doom, doom, doom. But they like singing, singing. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I, I, so I love all that stuff. But being there opened opened me up to that because it's like, you know. That's the one thing we said about white people. They're not biased when it comes to music. If it's good, it's good. They don't care what it is. Like, they're not like, man, that's white boy. Man, that's his man. Like, they don't care. If it's good, it's good. Yeah. You know? And so that's being up there opened me up like that. Wait, when, when did you start doing music once you got there? So I started doing music in Jacksonville. So, hmm. yeah, when I moved, when I moved uh, my freshman year is when I started. I wrote my first, like, rap for real. And I always wanted to do music. I made my first beat at 13, but ball consumed my life. So there was no time to, like, learn the disciplines of, like, what it even took to make music. Mm-hmm. So I just wrote. I always wrote, like, poems and stuff like that. And I did a poem uh, at a talent show in Jacksonville. And this random little Mexican girl, she came up to me after. She was like, that was so good. You should, like, rap. And I was like, girl, I, I'm going to the league. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going, I'm going to the league. Yeah. Like, I don't, this is before, like, rapping was cool. Everybody was trying to be a rapper. This yeah. is 2010. I'm like, I, you know, I, I really hoop. I do this for real, for real. Like, you know? And But it just stuck with me. It was just stuck with me. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try it. So I tried it. Loved it. Put out a song. Some people liked it on Facebook. I was like, and then it just, from there, you know, I got one of their personalities where it's like, once the, the flame is, like, lit, all right, let's go. And he just like you know been on the journey since. That was that thirteen, or that you talking about that when you was in Jacksonville? Nah, so yeah, that was when I was in Jacksonville. So thirteen mm, was when I like first. I watched Hustle and Flow, and when I saw how they made that beat, I was like, hold <laughs> on, man, I want to do that. I got a homie up the street with a keyboard. Like I'm about to go do that. And so I went and like figured out my way to like replicate the the, the beat, like the mm. you know the three because it wasn't nothing but three notes and a 808 and some drums. Like it was nothing to it. But it was just like the fact that that process did something to, like seeing it was like, whoa, I want to go do that. Mm. And so that's what it was. And then I wouldn't do anything with music for real again until I was like 18, 19. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And so the Mexican girl. Yeah, she was just like, yeah, you should, you should try rapping now. Do you remember the first uh, song that you put on Facebook? Absolutely. What? I, you got any bars from there? No. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, <laughs> no, I don't. I got no bars okay. for that. <laughs> Absolutely not, man. That is that is super dope. And so, when did that switch hit? Where you was like, you know what? I'm finna go all in. This is finna be my career going forward. Honestly, man, I got like because I gave balls so much by my sophomore year. The next year, I was like, especially being at a JUCO. Like, if if you know anything about that JUCO grind, it's different. Like, nah. you broke, broke. Um, but you like, you got class, you in the middle of nowhere and it's like, there aren't, it ain't the, like the university perks. So you ain't getting the gear and you ain't getting the, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. like our, our dorms literally look like the projects, like legit, like they look like the projects. Like mm-hmm. you would never think like, Oh, look, that's some nice dorms. No, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm talking about air conditioner in the window. Like it looked like the jets. And so that's the type of living we was in. I was kind of like over it by my sophomore year. 
and I was like, you know, this is what I really, really want to do. I want to pursue this music thing. Um, probably a little arrogant too with it, but like just being like, oh, it ain't gonna take me no time to get on type of thing, you know. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you know that's where it all kind of started. Man, okay, man. And then did any? I mean, from that point, you just start making beats on your own, or you just start going out to find beats to to rap yeah. on, or what was that like process? So I feel like it's the same. Like you, any producer, like they'll say the same thing. It's like you looking at first because you want to rap, but then. You realize like, oh shoot, nobody about to just like give me beats. I gotta figure this out. And so that's what I did. Like my wife had bought me by this time I got married young. I got married at twenty. So we met in really? Jacksonville. Yeah. I got married at twenty. And uh when we moved to Missouri, um, I was like, I need to learn how to make beats because I can't sit around here like waiting for people to like give me beats. Like I'm not that type of guy. And so I I started looking up like how people made beats and that's when I learned about like the NPC. And I saw like all my favorite producers in their beat making videos had some some form of the NPC, RZA, Kanye, uh, Jermaine Dupri, all of them. I was like, okay, I need to get an NPC. Mm. And they had just came out with this little one called the NPC Studio. And it was like the first digital one that they made. And it was like $500, $700. So we went and got it. Like my wife went and got it for me. And uh, and that's when I started making beats. So that's 2012, 2013. Mm. Yeah. Golly. That, yeah. That's, that music grind is something different, man. No, it is. It's something different. It, it is. And it was what was hard for me about it was, like, because initially, so I went through, like, a really hard period from, like, 2014 to, like, 2016, where after ball ended, like, my whole life had been wrapped up in this thing. And a lot of, like, athletes deal with this to where you've done one thing your entire life and then a buzzer rings and it's over. And you're like, all right, what well now? Mm. I kind of knew what I wanted to do. But it was like, but I got to start all over again because I've worked for, you know, 20 years playing ball and now it's just over. And I, like, got really depressed. This is before I even knew, like, you know what I'm saying? This is, like, before the mental health uh, push, you mm -hmm. know, the, like, all of that. So I didn't even know I was depressed, but I was just, like, I was just down bad. And then on top of, like, thinking, yo, why hasn't it happened yet? You know what I'm saying? Not understanding, like, yo, it takes at least, it's going to take a bottom line of, like, a decade anyways. Like, for the grace, at least it did. Mm. You know, they say it takes 10 years to be overnight success. Yeah. And so I had no clue about that. So I'm dealing with, like, all of these emotions. But it forced me, like, you know, to just learn the discipline of what it really takes to be, like, a real artist. Not just, like, a rapper, but, like, a real artist. You know what I'm saying? Who can craft timeless things. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. 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 I, and I seen somewhere, um, I think on an interview, that you, you and your wife or your, you and your family almost got separated because of you got you poured so much time no, into music. Yeah, we got divorced. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, so we, we legit separated. I was still in Missouri. Stuff was like moving, going in a great direction. Up there, I became like a big fish in a small pond. And then you know, but my home life was a mess. Like I'm talking about, like a just a mess. Not that, not that we was like we never did like a bunch of the like yelling, fussing, and cussing, but it just went silent. You know mm. what I'm saying? It was like there was no talking, no yeah. nothing. And then like you know, she was just like, "Yo, I'm, I'm over this." And I'm like, you know, the arrogance, like, "Well, fine," like type of thing. And so I, I, I let her walk out, which was like the worst decision like I ever made in my life. Um, and so, just doing that process, like you know, being alone, 
like people scattering, you know, when stuff wasn't going on. Cause it, everybody wanted to be around oh, with yeah. like, you know, we got shows, we downtown in the middle of the, you know, city, like doing shows, 500, 600. Uh, you know, we doing big theaters, like all of that stuff. New Year's Eve uh, show, all that. Everybody around. But then when it wasn't nothing, I noticed like, oh shoot, like nobody's here at the house. It's just me in this house with my little dog. <laughs> like, mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so, man, I just, you know, I moved back. I, I moved back and I, uh, I started doing the work on myself. And then pandemic hit. By the grace of God, like we was able to, you know, figure it out from there. But it was, a, yeah, I had to. Yeah, well, not even. We weren't together. We were divorced by then. But y'all was in separate houses and everything? Separate houses and everything. Oh, dang. So, yeah, so she left 2018, uh, June 2018, and we didn't, like, start working on our, like, we we got divorced 2019, and 2020, we had, we got a son, so we, we got to stay in communication. So 2020, like, right before the pandemic, it was, like, February, like, mm. right before the pandemic. Um, we had just a hard conversation, and she was like, "Yo, why, why can't we figure this out?" She never like, she never gave up on me. Mm. Like, she just never gave up on me. She was like, "Nah, we put too much into this to just give." Like, she let me like, you know, she gave me the space, and you know that was able to like allow God to just work on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, me work on me, God work on me, and then you know we were able to get it get it right. Yeah. yeah. That's dope, man. I always I always like to see like dudes that have a solid foundation but behind them, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That you can see why they are successful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like even like with my favorite rapper, Nip, right? I feel like once Lauren came in the picture, it changed everything. It changed everything for him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I really think that you that 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 foundation of a strong woman or just a good woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? In your corner is is pivotal for you. Cause now you you so focus on what you gotta do. Yeah. You ain't got time to be fucking off with your friends, with other chicks. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's Absolutely. like I gotta get this shit done because I gotta get back to the crib. Yeah. And you more focused. You know no, what I mean? Absolutely. My wife got me reading this book, man. I think it's slowly changing me. Yeah, it's called "Cry Like a Man." Oh, man, you read that? To, no, but you know, it's I'm going to get that book this week now because you said it. So I love uh, Mr. Jason Wilson. Is yes, I, yes. I listen to his interviews. I watch it like all of his. I love that book or him. I haven't read the book. But I thought about it the other day. I was driving really? home. I was like, man, I need to go get that book. I, I haven't like had a book that I was just reading like that in a minute. I was like, I need to go get that one. And so you saying it is a confirmation. I gotta go get it. Now. I've never heard of the guy. Yeah. Never know his background. I just my wife was like, she heard this on the interview. She was like, you should read this. And every now I like to read. You know what I mean? As a kid, I didn't read that much. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was always just hooping, but. Now as an adult, I'm like, you know, I want, I need to start reading more. And she yeah. was just like, here, this is a good book I heard about. Yeah. And when I tell you, it's been, I've been glued, Ooh, just reading. Yes, oh, man. man. I got to get it. I'm just like, who is this dude? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I definitely, if I can, definitely want to have you on the podcast, Mr. Jason Wilson. But I was like, this, are you talking about going through something? Yeah. Man, he didn't been through everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm I'm re I'm on the part on the section where him talking about being going from music cuz he mm -hmm. was a yep. he, he was a DJ at one point yep. and now him still pursuing music but they got a child and he got a wife and him just trying to figure that whole thing out. Yeah. I was like, "Man." Yeah. He he's he is 
It's dope. The book is dope. I, I recommend it. it. You I'm know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to get it. it. Yeah. yeah, that was confirmation. I'm going to get it. I gotta go get it. Now. <laughs> I have to. Golly, man. Okay. Yeah. So 2020, you and your wife figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all get to a good point, and then you go back into music, or you never stopped? No, at I never. That point? I never stopped. I never. Well, I stopped for like a, a couple months, right? So I was, you know, when I moved back, I was just like wilding out. Like I'm in the city. I'm doing like. I'm just wild. And uh, there was a moment where I was at my brother's house and I'm like, I'm drunk, I'm high. And I'm like slumped in the chair. And I'm like, but I'm conscious in my mind. And I just like, Jay, what are you doing? This ain't even you. Like, what are you doing? And right there, I just like, I cut stuff off. I stopped going out and I just locked in and really started working on myself. Like from, so that's like August, 2019. And then by the time February comes, I'm like, like, you know, my, my faith walk is, is like back where it needs to be. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hear what my wife has, like, not just like, listen, but I'm like ready to like really hear what she has to say. And so at that same time, my music is like shifting again. Right. So I'm in the house by myself and I'm just like cooking up, like making beats. I I did this thing where I was, I'm gonna make a song a day, um, whether it comes out or not, but I'm gonna like make a song a day, make the beat. Right, like everything, record it, mix it, everything, and so I'm in that process. And as I'm doing it, like I'm being changed by the stuff I'm listening to, like what I'm reading. I was reading a, a book that I actually heard Nip mention called "The Way of the Superior Man," change like changed like changed my life. That book, and then "As a Man Thinketh," I'm reading both of those, and it's like just shaping me in my Bible. Like I'm back in, like you know what I'm saying. I'm back in church before the pandemic. And, you know, it, it gave way for me to be able to, uh, I created a project um, called Pray for the Homies, which is like my, that's my passion project, like my favorite album I've ever done. And uh, it was birthed because of what happened with the uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a dope saying I said to myself, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to pray for the homies. So I hopped on IG and I just like said a prayer. I don't even do stuff like that. Like if you go to my IG, I don't put my faith on people. I don't do none of that. But it was just I felt led to do that, and I did it. And like people, like response was crazy, and I just felt God be like, "Yo, make a song now." Mm. And then when I made the song, I put the song out, and it was like, "Okay, now them songs you've been making, here, take this one, take that one, take, put them together. And now you got to pray for the homies." And so I put mm. that out. And uh, by that time, me and my wife were like actively like really working on our on on, on getting back together on our friendship first. We were working on being just being friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it went from there. And then a couple months later, I made uh, what a lot of people consider my best project, uh, Focus Your Aim, Empty the Clip. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did two That's albums. That's a dope title, man. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it came from The Punisher. The show? I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's like a Marvel dope. show. But oh, okay. The Punisher character, like his energy, he was like getting revenge for like some family. Somebody killed his family. And he was like, and I just tweeted it one day, like, Focus Your Aim, Empty the Clip. Meaning like, set a goal. And go get it, like yeah. until, like whenever, you know. And uh, the my producer, Leo uh, Disney Da Vinci, now is what he goes by. But he was like, "Yo, that's an album title." And so we just went to work, that's knocked fire. it out in two weeks. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah. And all, all, all your um those projects are you can find them on everywhere, everywhere. Yep. Okay, yep, all streaming. Yep. Okay, yeah, man, that's super dope, man. Would you um? Are you indie? You straight indie right now? Yeah, I mean we got our own label, so we started our own. Yeah. Okay. When, so when Nip, right, right when Nip, and it's so funny that we in here and, and Brad just like right there. Um. So when Nip passed, uh, 
I was so inspired by just like, and I had been a fan since, you know, since Killer. That song with him and Drake, that was like my first introduction to him. Okay. And so I went from there, from the marathon tape, and been with him since. And uh, when he passed, I just was like, yo, it would be absolutely crazy because I was getting courted by a label at that time. I was getting courted by another artist, like, from the same, like, era as him to be a part of their label. And uh, stuff just wasn't going. I didn't like the feeling of, like, sitting around waiting on everything to get done. Mm-hmm. And so when Nip passed, it was like, yup, how crazy would that be for him to, like, have lived a life like this and for me to go do exactly what he was telling us, like, not to not do. To do. Mm-hmm. That's wild. And so I just had the idea for Home Team Records. And, you know, three years later, here we are, four artists on the label, team, like, yeah. How long did it take you to build that, that the, the home team? Because I'm going to tell you, from the perception, you got everything, all your shit looks good, like the camera work, like even the style from the videos, like everything seemed like, and I, and I for me, just, just knowing, I'm like, Okay, he got a solid team around him because mm-hmm. there's no way he's doing all this shit by himself. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely You know not. what I'm saying? Yeah. How long did it take you to, to build all those pieces around? Man, three years. Like, from the time. So, I had a squad in, in Missouri, right? Mm. Um, but when I moved, I remember my, my then manager, he was just like a really good friend who I started with. He was a white boy. Mm. And uh, he just believed in me early before anybody else did. Like, raw talent. He just believed in me. He, like, helped shape me. And taught me how to like be excellent in the work, right? And so when it, when I moved, he was like, "Okay, Jay, now the thing you're gonna have to do, right, is you're gonna have to start all over." And I was like, "Ah, oh, bro, why would I start all over? That's crazy." <laughs> but I didn't I didn't really understand what he meant until like I had to start all over. Start all over doing what though? The whole team, right? Because mm. everybody I knew was in Missouri, and they weren't uh. coming down here. Like you know, they had lives and other things. They were they were invested in me more than invested in having a career in the business. Mm, you know what I'm saying? Gotcha. So moving down here, I had to start all over. And so originally I started the label like it was me, um, my brother, and my sister. But my sister's a filmmaker, and film was just drawing her, like, more and more. And so she, she just moved to Houston, but she's doing, like, incredible things as far as, like, uh, women and, like, uh, falsely incarcerated women because she was one of them. Mm. Like, she was falsely incarcerated for two years in the feds. And she beat it and then, like, came home and made short films and all that stuff. And so she's doing that work and then making films. And so that was pulling her. And then my brother, like, we just had different type of visions we wanted to go with. And so it was just me. And so I put out Pray for the Homies. And other people started being drawn to that by how different it was and just, like, my subject matter and what I was talking about. People were relating to it. And so from there, it just started to, like, grow. People started being tapped in. My DJ and also the president. His name is Swerve. Um, we went to high school together. I think he, uh, was he open? Yeah. Yeah, I think he lefty. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was there Thursday. He was? Yeah. <laughs> he didn't tell, not his soul. So I think that if that was the same person. That's him. Ball okay. Head, yeah. Light skin. Yeah. That's what, yeah. He wild, bro. Swerve, Swerve, you wrong. You know you're supposed to say something. You're wrong. Yeah. yeah, but that's the president of the label. And we had an idea to start it. And one, taking it back one more time, in 2010, I just had the idea, like, yo, I want to I wanna start a label. I was like, I should start it with Swerve, because we would just talk music all the time. And we was like, yo, let's start a label. And we tried for, like, a week, and it was like, okay. We, like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so, you know, fast forward, you know, 2020, I said, like, okay, let's, like, let's start rocking together. So he was just DJing at first, and he started doing other stuff. It's like, yo, you really like on some, like, management-type 
you know. So he came on like that. And so uh, we just started building. So it's him. And then we keep going. I put out Focus Your Aim, and, and other people come in. Some left, some stayed. Um, and then uh, a, a big piece was when I met Chris. Um, we did a Nip tribute, actually, a Nip tribute video over what it feels like. Mm. And I did a verse over that, and uh, bro pulled up to the video, and he was actually a part of a hat company at first, and we were going to do a hat collab. And he pulled up with such great energy. Like, it was just, I was like, yo, I don't know, but you're supposed to do something with us. Like, I don't know. <laughs> and so we just stayed cool. Like, just just cool. Like, invite him to stuff. He pull up with his fam. Like, and it was just, like, great energy. My wife was like, yeah, I like him. And, it, like, his wife, they sweet. Like, the baby sweet, all that. Like, for <laughs> sure. And uh, and so from there, you know, that he was, like, the final piece to really solidify what we were doing. And then I met the artist, um... One of them, my boy RJ, has been my boy since I moved back. Mm. Um, and he's just like a he's a design he's a fashion designer, but he also makes music and he's really really dope at both. And then uh, one of my guys that I work with named Jacob, he came on as like an A and R engineer. And then he brought into our job because I work with his like his family has like audio visual company and we mm. work together. And he brought in a dude by the name of Oso James. So if you heard Feed the Babies, he's the guy on the hook. Mm. And uh, he. Uh, he wasn't even doing music anymore. He had been on tour early, like as a uh, young adult, like touring and doing stuff like that. He was running around with like Lecrae and them early. Mm, okay. And super talented. And he had stopped. He was like, yo, I'm over it. Stuff happened. I'm, I'm cool. But then I heard him. I was like, there's no way I'm not letting you do music. Like, you are too dope. And so, you know, I talked him into it. And the first thing he did was the hook for Feed the Babies. And so we started building like that. And then he brought his boy by the name of 23 Reed, um, who's a artist from he's from diamond hill in fort worth and uh you know that's how we got the artist the artists were really the last piece i had the squad but the the artist was like the last piece to be like okay now we have something that can be a movement which mm-hmm. was the goal from the jump mm-hmm. it was to be a movement that the city could like attach themselves to like a rockefeller yeah. like a rough riders like a in you know nwa like a death Rock, like we wanted to do that for here because i felt like that was the only thing that was missing it's like it's all these dope artists but like we don't have a thing. It's hard to get attached to a person, but it's easy to get attached to a thing. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we just started, you know, working like that. That's what I was telling, um, you know, Eskimo Jake? You heard of no, him? No, I don't think so. He's from he's from north side of Dallas. Okay. But I was telling him, I was like, I don't, just from outside, I don't feel like there, like it's a bunch of artists here that are super dope, but I don't feel like there is like a, like a stamp where the people stamp one person and be like, this is who our person is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's from Dallas. Yeah. And he was, he was explaining to me that Dallas is a consumer's uh, city where if the big artists like the Kanye's and the Drake's, they come in and just throw money. So they get that automatic spot from the radio, from mm. different platforms out here. But I'm like, it's about the people. Like, I don't really see yeah. where the people is championing. I think that's kind of a cop-out, honestly. Um, because there is... Look at every city. There was a time where there was nobody from there. Right. Right? So before there was, uh, you know, obviously New York is the mecca. So that's a little bit different. But, you know, Chicago, there was... Common sense was first. Mm-hmm. Like, he was first. And there was a time when there was nobody from Chicago. Atlanta, Miami. Uh, you know, like it's a famous interview from uh from Easy E. He was like, you know, I just wanted to put my city, I just wanted to put Compton on the map, which mm, started it all. Right. Like, but he didn't like just go as like 
Easy. He was on some like, I want to put the city on the map. So I grabbed him, grabbed him, grabbed him, and put them together. Now we got something that we can like get behind. We can get behind Raiders hats because everybody in LA is wearing a Raiders hat. Mm. Like that's that's strategic. Mm-hmm. He could have he could have been like, yo, we only wearing blue. Right. He a crib. He could <laughs> he could have said that. Like, but now nah, he was like, no. Here what we're gonna do? We're gonna do black. We're gonna do Raiders hats, LA hats. Like that's strategic. Uh, mm. hold. All right, we doing Yankees hats. We doing Rockerwear clothes. We doing the chain Rough Riders. We doing the double R. We riding bikes. Like, it gotta be like there has to be thought, like strategy. All money in. Like, you know, it's a it's so many pictures you see Nip or videos, and they like everybody got an all money in shirt, all money in hat, a marathon tee or whatever. Like, you mm. gotta be strategic. And I don't think we've had anybody. And the only reason I have this perspective is because I moved. So when I came back, I asked the same question. I was like, why? What is it like? And then I was like, oh, studying the other places. That's what Outcast, right? Outcast was first in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just Outcast, it was the Dungeon family. Mm, so it was yeah. Outcast, it was Goody Mob, it was, you know, organized noise. Like, Future was there. Like, it yeah. was all of that. It wasn't just like one person, it was the thing. And I think, uh, you know, that's what we're, we are focused on doing is like becoming that thing for this Metroplex. Like, not just Dallas, not just Arlington, not just Fort Worth, but for this Metroplex, like, you know. Yeah, because now when you're saying that, I'm thinking, like, yeah, even Memphis, like, yeah. with, uh, um, I can't remember his name, uh, the young Yo Gotti. Yeah. Just with him, like, his whole movement. I remember going to an all-star, I think it was in Houston, where I seen nothing but Yo Gotti posts. I'm like, who the fuck is Yo Gotti? Like, yeah. this was, like, a while ago, you know yeah. what I mean? But I was just like... Now that you mentioned that, it's like, yeah, everybody started where nobody, music was not even, even St. Louis. with Saint, Nelly, that was first. Yeah. But Nelly wasn't even, like, the guy at first. It was St. Lunatics. Right. But Nelly just, like, he was so phenomenal, so, like, captivating that, okay, we're going with Nelly first. Like, yeah. Wu-Tang. You know, yeah. that's, Wu-Tang has been, like, such a huge blueprint for us and, like, what we're doing. But, like, they were, like, an organized, like, like movement together. You know, and they went. It just so happened that Meth was the guy that was like, okay, we're going to go with Meth first with the him, with M-E-T-H-O-D, yeah. man. And then we're going to the, do the Mary J record with him. Like, it was it, it all, it was a strategy behind it. Everybody's in the hoodies. We on the cover with the mat. Like, it was a strategy. And I just think nobody's taking the time to have that strategy until us. Mm, <laughs> home team records. Home team records. That's what's up, man. Yeah. Dang, that's what's up, man. And that's good that you you got the team around you, man. I think that's what a lot of artists they 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 take for granted. You know what I'm saying? Because like you need a supporting <laughs> system around you to man. to get this off the ground, man. man I'm t- listen. Just being real, this almost didn't happen because we <laughs> because I thinking this was on Sunday, mm. and he like he called me like, "Yo, bro, like, no, nah, that's today." I'm like, "Oh, my bad," and you know. And I usually we're like super sharp on stuff like that, but that would have been a miss had it not been for my teammate, right? So just like in ball, like right, he get by me. I I hope I got help, help back yeah, here. Yeah. Like I hope I got <laughs> yeah. some help. And so yeah, the team is just like it's that crucial. That's it's, dope, it sucks man. doing stuff by yourself. Yeah, that's it's not dope. fun. You stressed out. Like, it, <laughs> yeah, it sucks. That's, that's dope. What's the um? What's the next project? I know you mentioned it earlier that you're gonna drop. What, what's 
What's the one you working on that people should get excited about? Well, first is a home team compilation. Okay. So we doing a, a, a home team album. Um, we literally just finished it yesterday. And our first single came out yesterday, Feed the Babies, um, which features, features me, also James, and then 2-3 Reed, who are, like like I said, artists on the label. And so we got that coming. Um, we got a really, really dope um, event coming that's going to be, like, the first of its kind, which you y'all are invited to. Okay. So, uh yeah, but that's what's coming. The home team album, uh, "Live with Honor, Die with Respect." Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When, when is the event? Are you making an announcement now? No, because it's 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 a uh, invite only. Okay. 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 So, yeah. 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 That's uh, and you know I was thinking about I was thinking about this yesterday, and I was watching your um you got like an hour documentary or not not even documentary but it's uh, a live show. Yeah. So I was watching that and I was like. This is dope. This is so dope. And I was thinking the reason why music is not consumed like it was back in the day is because there's no experience uh-huh. that you get. You know what I'm saying? That's that word. That's that word. There's no experience that you get with the music. It's just, hey, I'm going to just put it out. Yeah. And I feel like I was trying to think, like, what's some dope ways that people can experience the music mm-hmm. where it's, it's not – um. Just, hey, you go check out my song. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I was like, what? This is my thought, and I'm going to give it to y'all for free. Yeah, on my time, I'm going to take it. Okay. <laughs> and if you do, let me know because I edited it out. I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, what if you could do a music video that could only be consumed via VR? Oh, you know what crazy. I'm saying? That's crazy. Where you, it's not on, if you watch it on YouTube, it's not the same. But if you listen, if you watch it on a VR where you can actually turn and look and see the like a 360 view of like a music video. That's crazy. I was like, that'll be dope. Which is coming. So I'm sure somebody's done it or, or or on the verge of doing that. That sounds like it's right up the pipeline. Yes. Like, it's like it's a different way to consume music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you have a 360 view of the whole fucking thing. Yeah, no, that's crazy. That'll yeah, be fire. But, you know, it takes... Once again, going back to intentionality, like, I don't know if everybody is, and St. John just said this on the I Am Athlete podcast, and I reposted it. I like St. John. Love him, love him, love him, love him. Um, He said, everybody that raps isn't an artist. Mm. He was like, art has intentionality and thought and gravity. And I was like, oh, that's the truth. Because everybody, because of the low entry level that you have to do to be, like, there's not much to do to be a rapper. Like just being real, not not anymore, right? Mm-hmm. There used to be a lot of legwork before anybody could, before you could even get in the studio. You had to do a lot of work, like you had to be tight, you had to be skilled, you had to know somebody who knew, could get you to the studio. It was a lot of work that went into it. But now, because of uh, technology, it's taken all of that away, mm-hmm. which has taken away the work, the intentionality. And so now, you know what I'm saying? We just don't have that anymore. Some artists still do that. Right, but there's so many more rappers than there are like real artists, you know. And I and it sucks for the artist artists because like you gotta whether you you can you feel like you compete with them or not, you are. You know what I'm saying? It's like you gotta people gotta sift through all of that to get to what is like something that can actually stand the test of time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so I think it's just all about intentionality, right? You just gotta care. Right. You know, everybody don't care. Everybody like I hate. Oh man, I hate when people talk about art and money in the same conversation. 
I'm I'm doing this to get some money. Like, uh, that's <laughs> yeah. such a like, you know what I'm saying? I I cannot stand it. Quincy Jones says the moment you talk about money in the studio, God lead the room. Mm. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's a hard bar right yeah, there. Like, yeah. That's what we do. Bro, creativity is just God's energy flowing through us. That's yeah, it. Yeah. And you mean to tell me if we bring up a dollar amount, that's going to leave? No way, Jose. I'm yeah, cool. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm, inter- I'm interested uh, to hear your opinion. What do you think about Kanye? So, <laughs> <laughs> so, right, I'm from the era. Kanye made me feel, he was the first artist to really make me feel welcome in hip hop mm. because he wasn't necessarily like some hard street guy. Right, he was the. I mean, you had tribe, right? You had tribe and like native, t- like those type of guys. But like, Kanye was the one who was like, yo, I, I kind of, I really want to dress like that. Mm. I like what he's saying, like, cause I love Lauryn Hill and I love soul samples and I love like, you know, before I knew what it, it was actually soul samples, I just knew these are stuff my dad listened to. Like, I love that. He was the first person I looked at and was like, okay, I see myself in that, like for real. I didn't see myself in. The West Coast artists I grew up with, like, mm-hmm. I ain't seen myself in the gang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't seen myself as 50 or yeah. none of them Dre's artists, Snoop, none of them. But I was like, okay, I see myself in him. So he was the first one I saw. And I I was with him heavy, 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 all the way, all the way, all the way, all the way. <laughs> Pro- and, like, even, I like, Yeezus has crept up and become, like, one of my favorite Yay albums, like, top three. But, like, after that, it kind of started going left with the other foolishness. And I, I was, which he he told us, like he told us on Pinocchio's story, like on 808 Heartbreaks, like, and it happened. You know what I'm saying? Like he he's become like the thing he was worried he would become. Like, what did he say? Cause just I, like the person who, you know, yet surrounded by yes men, like living in a fishbowl, like, mm. you know, yeah. It's so it's it's. I I love him for the inspiration he gave me forever. I can never like, you know what I'm saying? But now at this point. Like, you know, I, I'm not really, like, rushing to go check out a Ye album. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. just not where I'm at. Yeah. Because I know, for me, I was uh, I was in the area. I, I was in the era of baggy clothes, mm-hmm. big jeans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was in that area. So when, when Kanye came, it was like, what the fuck is he doing? Right, 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 right. <laughs> Like, it was like, come on, Kanye, like. With the pink shirts and yeah. you know what I'm saying, and collar pop, like, yeah, it was like it. Yeah. it was different. You know what I'm saying? It was like okay, but the way his um, what it, uh, dang, what, dang, uh, it's a word that uh, his his dang, I can't I can't even think of the word right now. But it was such like this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. That was the conviction. Conviction. That's the word. Yes. Stood on it. And and then. I was in college around that time, but when College Dropout came oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you really feel it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what resonated. I was like, man, this is the dude right here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And I'm I'm just like you. I think I think all the way up until, I don't even know what's the name of the album, but around that time that him and Amber, was it Amber? Yeah. And when My they broke Dark up. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Around that time when they broke up is when I kind of like, uh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know if I'm. See, that's my favorite area. Yeah. Really? Yeah, from like eight, like graduation to Yeezus. That's my favorite. Like those are my favorite like joints. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But okay. I love college drive. I'll never forget hearing like through the wire for the first time. Man. Yeah. I remember leaving class and 
everybody in our dorm room, like the little middle section. Yeah. They'll have it on BET. 106 and Park was playing. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I remember walking in the dorm from class and everybody was watching a video. And I was like, I was like, this is dope. I was yeah. like, who is this? And then to hear the story after that, because I didn't know the story until after the, the whole video came out, that the accident and all that. I was like, man, this is dope. This is super dope. I was yeah. that, from there. I was a fan. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and then just recently, after the documentary on Netflix came out, I was like, okay, I kind of changed my tune a little bit with Kanye, but I was like, I don't know where, I don't know what he's going through now, but it's a totally different Kanye. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the whole I, I felt his rise on the documentary. Have you seen the documentary? Oh yeah, for sure. I, uh, I've seen the, I love the rise and how just ambitious ambitious he was but I don't know what's going on now man I, yeah. I, I don't know if it's a, a mental breakdown of him trying to move into a different industry from the wife and kids the but I think he's a creative genius no, you know what I'm saying I mean, and it's a fine line between genius and insanity right and so I think to me Hove is the he is uh, the direct opposite of what Ye became, right? So, like, mm. where Ye is, Hove is, like, the opposite, meaning, like, look at who's around Hove. It's everybody he started with. Look mm. at who's around Ye. It's not everybody he started with. And so I think when you when mm. you lose those people who can really hold you accountable, like, then you, you in a, you know, being alone is a tough, like, space to be just by people who are, like, employed by you. Like, I truly believe, like, Tata don't care about, like, Jay and his money. Like, he'd be like, <laughs> yo, bro, like, yeah. I know you from the building. Like, quit playing with me. Yeah. You know, you need people like that. You got to have people to, like, really, like, check you. check Not just call you every now and then, but, like, people who can actually, like, hey, man, that's a no-go. That's a, that's some clown behavior. Like, you got to have people like that, especially in a – a business like this and living in a fish I think world. I think Kanye has that in Jay though. But nah, Jay ain't dealing with his foolishness. He got kids. He got twins. That's what I'm saying though. <laughs> he, got, he, got, he ain't dealing with none of his foolishness. I know, but then I've been saying, but he's the Jay is the person who can do that to Kanye. Can or he? even Dane. Can, I don't know. Dame ain't wasting his time neither. He like he go do whatever he wanna do. He a grown man. Like at the end of the day, he a grown man. And I think at a certain level you just like, yo, it's just talking to a broken record at this like I'm, i sound like a broken record now because you're not listening you're gonna do what you want to do like you talking to me for what <laughs> like like why am i why am i even telling you like yo bro don't do that and then you do it and then it's like and you do it again and then it's really like but here's the thing also on kanye's side right to just play devil's advocate everything people told kanye not to do he's done it and it became a big deal, and he's which I think is it. working against him now. Yeah, in his life because he's always looking for some opposition. Yeah, right. Like for what? Why are you looking for opposition? <laughs> yeah, like that's his energy. That's where he gets his drive from. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, we watched the Jordan documentary. Jordan said, and I took offense to that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He making stuff up in his head. Like it's, it's, you know what I'm saying? Which I, I get, I get that. But it's like, at some point, you gotta have somebody who can like. Pulling the reins, which a lot of times is your wife. For real. like, if we being real, that's your wife. Your wife is the one to like pull the reins back. And I don't know if like you really gonna listen to Kim pull the reins back like that. Yeah, nah. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. No disrespect. I just don't know. I don't know in his situation. But 
that's to me that's the person like who who really gonna like check you check you for real like yeah. well, I don't care about none of this stuff and I think I think <laughs> for Kanye it was his mom it was it was his mom yeah you it know was what I'm saying mom. it was yeah. his mom and yeah. then once that once that rock is gone he's he's just gone it's tough you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tough it's tough man that doc got hard to watch them last couple episodes man yeah. that was hard to watch yeah it was hard to see how he treated people like who loved him like that was super hard to watch and that's a scary thing like I never want to you know I man you know what I'm saying knowing what me and my wife went through it's like yo I don't want to would you want to be that famous that successful yeah uh I don't know, right? Every artist want to be loved for their art, but I don't know. I don't know. We could say yeah, no, but like until you there, you really don't. You don't know what it feels like, yeah. you know. So I, I don't know. I just at this moment right now, I just want to keep creating things that matter to people. Mm. Like I want to create art that somebody can be like, yo, I can live to this, and this matters to me, and this impacts me. Like that's what I want to do. You know, whether that takes me to the top of the top or the wherever like you know i'm gonna always be an artist this is who i've been my whole life you yeah. know so that's kind of my thing yeah that's what's up man okay so the home team compilation that's already out not no nah, not out yet when can when can people expect that next friday next friday next friday okay. Oh, next, I'm sorry. Next Saturday. Next Saturday. Next because it's coming with the event. My bad. Okay. okay. <laughs> next, next Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay. But Feed the Babies, our, our lead single is out right now. Okay. Yeah. On all streaming platforms. All streaming platforms. And then we got something coming on Tuesday, too. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Yeah. I'll show you, too, when we get off here. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Man, Joseph, appreciate, appreciate you tapping in with me, man. Nah, it's, it's a pleasure. This was yeah, dope. Yeah. 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 Was a good time. Yo, man, make sure y'all follow Joseph in his movement. Um, leave your uh, your social, man, so people can follow you. For sure, man. Y'all can follow me on uh, IG uh, at T-H-A underscore Vibrant. Um, uh, HomeTeamRecords.com. I'm trying to think what else. So TikTok at okay. The Vibrant. Same thing as my IG. Um, yeah, that's where, you know what I'm saying, you can find me. Okay, that's what's up, man. Yeah, yeah. Yo, man, thank y'all for tapping in, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Make sure y'all like Comment, subscribe. The home team records, man. Y'all holla at y'all. Gone.